from the streets of Cincinnati, welcome to the jungle! Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Ice Man, Jeff Trenopol. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a West Side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the number three University of Cincinnati Bearcats. And of course, Jackpot Joey Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, do me a favor if you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button, smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,390. Three subscribers. That is awesome. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter and you have not subscribed to my channel, please do me a favor. Go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. And exclusively in the YouTube chats, we're doing super chats. So if you guys like to support what I'm doing, please give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. Now, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. 
check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, it's Tuesday. We still are talking about Zach Taylor's play calling. Should he have ran it? Should he have put the ball in Joe's hands? Could Joe have audibled? Who knows? Let's discuss. And today's guest is a great read, great follow. You should check him out. He's Jay Morrison from The Athletic. Jay, what's going on, man? Hey, not much. How are you? I like the hat. I like the hat. It looks good. I, I like, you got a good good hat game. I like it. <laughs> got to so, support the, uh, the, the employer, the guy exa- that pays my check. Exactly. I, that, that's a smart man right there. Very smart man. I would do that too. So can anybody buy those hats or, or are they for sale? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know if, I don't know. I, I would assume they're for sale somewhere. I'll have to look into that and let you know if there's a link somewhere. I guarantee you somebody's going to ask you in the chat or, or later on, like, how do I get one of those athletic hats? I'm like, I have no <laughs> idea. So anyway. All right. So the Bengals lost a heartbreaker to the Packers on Sunday. And I'll tell you, I was at the game um, and sitting in the end zone where Ed McPherson missed the field goal missed the field goal and hit the uh the flag at the top of the pole there i thought he made it but he didn't what is your thoughts you know 48 hours past everybody keeps talking about zach taylor and the offensive play calling and should you put the ball in joe's hand some guys say well we drafted a kicker in the fifth round he can make it i mean he's i saw him making it from 50 yards in the pregame joe can audible i think i mean what what are your thoughts right now yeah i was surprised i it doesn't matter who your kicker is. You would think you would want – it's not like a 49 is a gimme, um, especially on a day when they knew the wind was gusting uh, coming out of the south, so it would be right in the face of anybody kicking in the direction of the end zone you were sitting in. You saw every punt yeah. going that direction that right. day get knocked down big time. Um, it, it It's it's curious because the thing that – that I just don't see jiving is, you know, third and one kind of deep in their own end. They throw the go route to Jamar chase. They take a big gamble and and get aggressive there and it pays off. They get 21 yards and then they run it three straight times after that. Right. And I I get the whole, you don't want to, you don't want to take a sack. You don't want to have a holding penalty, knock you out of field goal range once you're in it. But at some point you have to trust your guys not to do that. And, I also get the the idea that you know who's on the other sideline, right? And it's, and it's Aaron Rodgers. Well, mm-hmm. if you miss the field goal, he's still getting it in a great position. It, it's just it's almost kind of like you're playing not to lose instead of playing to win. Zach Taylor is so aggressive mm-hmm. when it comes to fourth down decision making, and it just seemed out of character. To and it wasn't just there; there were several times they had a chance to get a little closer and it just seemed like they they ran the ball and kind of settled for the position they had exactly now i have a question now i haven't heard i've listened to you guys's walkout podcast and listened to a lot of different mm-hmm. podcasts i haven't heard anybody ask this question can joe doesn't he have does he have the ability to audible on every play i mean so zach can call a run play can he audible out of it you know has anybody asked that question yeah, he has free reign to do that. I mean, that zero blitz against the Jaguars, the the game winning play where he threw it, he audible to the to the jailbreak screen and threw it to CJ Uzama when they've never run that play to CJ Uzama right. ever right. in practice. So yeah, he he has that ability. Um, but so I, I guess that that kind of comes to what I've been saying. It's like, uh, yeah, we you, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You should have probably put the ball in Joe's hand, but Joe 
was agreed with the play. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. So everybody keeps throwing it on Zach. And I'm like, well, Joe, if Joe didn't like what he saw, he could have changed it, you know? Well, but the thing is, if if, he, if he's going to audible out of something, it has to be because of the look. So it, it has to be, you know, something where that is not a good play for the look the defense is giving you. And if if they're if you're running the ball and you're just going off off guard, off left guard, off right guard, slamming up the middle, whatever they were doing on those plays, he, he would have a hard time justifying to Zach if he dropped back to pass uh, <laughs> when, when they wanted to run the ball there. Right, so right, uh, right. He, he has free reign, but it comes with consequences. Right, I think, uh, right. He's, he's not going to, he's not going to upstage his coach that way. <laughs> yeah. I under, I understand. I just, I'm, I'm to the point. I'm like, it's, it's, I, I've been comparing it a lot on Twitter here today to uh, last year with Luke Fickle in the peach bowl in the uh, mm-hmm. against Georgia, where everybody yep. says, he should have ran the ball. He should have ran the ball. Well, now everybody, uh, uh, Zach ran the ball. It's kind of the same situation, same scenario. And now they're saying they should have thrown it. So I, to me, it's always hindsight's always 2020. It's always easy for us to sit there and say, well, you know, this, we should have done this because, you know, what other results? Either way, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it as we went toe to toe with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, who's arguably probably the best quarterback in football right now. Mm-hmm. And we had every chance to win it. I think, you know, we could nitpick at all the other stuff they did. We're still a young team. We're one of the youngest teams in the NFL. Yes, we have only one new starter. Well, it's actually two, Captain Jackson Carmen, uh, Jackson Carmen and Jamar Chase. But Joe Burrow still hasn't played a full year yet. I mean, I think this week will be his 16th game. Yeah. So to me, it's kind of... It comes with a territory with a young team. You know, we're going to go through these bumps in the road. And I just have a feeling that they're going to come out and and I think they're going to be ticked off and destroy the pack, the, excuse me, destroy the lines. I hope so anyway. Well, I mean, we've seen this before where the, the games you think that they should come out and roll. And I mean, right. Jacksonville, everybody thought that was going to be right, right. an easy one and it wasn't. So there's, there are no easy ones in the NFL, no. especially you, you get a team like Detroit that's lost – two games on last second field goals and they've mm-hmm. got they're a team that has a first year coach that is 0 and 5 these these Bengals were in that position 2 years ago trying to get the first one for their coach they know how hard they're fighting so i i wouldn't think anything's going to be easy in detroit even with the injuries they have and the, the the fact that the Bengals do have a better roster but going back to that green bay game you're right i mean it's there, no one's going to say it was a moral victory and and they should feel good about it but I think the fans should. I think if yes. you're a fan of this yes. team, you yes. should feel good that they were not outclassed. They looked like yes. they belong. Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't finish the job. Right, didn't win the game ultimately. But I mean, they're a they're a blowing flag away from being four and one right now. So I don't. I know there's a lot of mad fans out there, and they're, oh, they're mad at Zach's play calling. <laughs> they're mad at Evan McPherson's leg, and yep. and that's good to have that those expectations. But sometimes they need to be a little more realistic and yes, that, a little more patient. Right. That, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I mean, yes, I'll trust me. I'm pissed off. We should we should have won the game. Yeah. I mean, I, I was very disappointed. We lost. We had every chance to win it. But then it's also like hindsight. Like, look, look at what we've been through the last five years. I mean, mm-hmm. this this is this year has been a, a lot of fun. And to be honest, Jay, I mean, I know. Everybody is is seen my my schedule prediction and it came out the day of the schedule and I said eleven to five which I know it's, I looked at everything through orange sunglasses which are right there but right now three and two this is exactly where I said we'd be I mean I had the, I had us beating the Bears and losing to the Squealers but I did have us losing to Green Bay so for me we're right where I, I thought we should be now because what I'm thinking what my thought process was 
I didn't think the defense would be this good. Now that that has been a complete surprise to me, but I thought the offense would take a little while to get going just because of Joe's injury. You got Trey Hopkins coming back from a knee injury. You know, it, it's it's taking a little while for things to go and for Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow to get comfortable with the knee and not, you know, trying to not get him killed, which Joe needs to learn how to slide. Yeah. <laughs> but uh and and the second half of this the season is a gauntlet. They're going to need this offense to kick it into the gear to get anywhere close to what I predicted. I still have a feeling that it's that it's there. I, I think they can do it. I, I don't know what they're what's holding them back. You know, that, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I think consistency is the only thing holding them back. I mean, you look at when they when they get a first down, then it usually ends up being a scoring drive. It's almost like an all or nothing with them where it's either three and out or a scoring drive. Mm -hmm. And they've got to figure out a way to to have fewer. I mean, they're tied for 30th when it comes to three and out percentage. They yes. have way too many thir yep. three and outs. And part of that is the conservative play calling. They 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 get they run the ball on first down or they throw a wide receiver screen and then they're in second long and then they try to mitigate the risk on third down by running it again on second and long and then you're you're in third and five third and four which is good it's manageable that's what you want but the the best third down percentage is zero if you can right. just avoid getting to third down and be more aggressive on first and second down I know that's not realistic every time but I, I just I, I think at some point we have seen them. You know, they kind of opened it up this week because they threw it way more than they had in the past. And part of that was Joe Mixon being injured. We've seen him throw deep more than they have in, in past years. It's it's coming along incrementally, but they do really uh, – I'm eager to see when they're going to, like, really open it up. Yes. Really yeah. get aggressive right. mm -hmm. and really start attacking from the get-go. This team's been really good in the second half of games, not so much in the first quarter. The defense has been great in the first quarter. That's where the offense needs to step up jump on teams early, make the other team play from behind. Then you can start doing some more of that eat the clock, run the ball, a little more conservative stuff. But it'd be it'd be good to see them come out of the gate just really aggressive and attack. Absolutely. I mean, all, all of us fans are, are waiting mm -hmm. for that. I mean, and we cannot be disappointed in the way, Uno Jamar Chase has played. I, I mean, I, I know, I think, I think, my opinion, the, the Jamar Chase versus Sewell, debate is put to bed i mean because on our offensive line our tackles are fine <laughs> you know our left yeah. and right tackles are fine and jamar chase has been an absolute game changer unfortunately when he hit the 70 yard pass going into halftime i was standing in line uh for for food i got to watch it on the picture <laughs> like, of course when I, <laughs> i'm not in the stands when that happens but that i like to see i think all of us would like to see that i, I would love to see that on the very first play this sunday just go deep and take it to them right away. I, I I don't know if they're going to, but I think that would that would set the tone. Well, it took Joe Burrow eight seconds to throw that ball. I don't think anybody wants to see that. I mean, it was great that the protection held up that long, but man, you're playing with fire if you're asking the offensive line to, to hold up for eight seconds. It was just because they, they're, again, had nothing to lose. There's only a few, few seconds left before halftime. We'll go ahead and take that shot. But uh, yes, more deep balls. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a nine route down the side, but just, you know, something over 20 yards, just something deep over the middle, just to get a chunk play and get right. going. Right. But yeah, that, that was, it was, yeah, I don't want to say it was a fluky play because Jamar just did a great job of running away from coverage. And then mm -hmm. Joe put the ball 
right perfect there. where the the db i can't remember which one it was but kind of stuck his arm out and it just missed i mean everything went right on that play and I don't know if you can hit another one like that the rest of the year. <laughs> well, funny, it went right between the the DB's hands. I mean, yeah, it, it was that close to being you know interceptable. But we can we can say that to lots of stuff on that game. You know, we're that close to making two field goals. You know, they're mm-hmm. that close to, to you know, well, the guy their guy missed an extra point. I mean, there's a lot of things on there. And one thing I want to bring up, and and I'm not blaming the refs. I do think the it, the refereeing wasn't that great, but Joe Burrow, did, Jackpot Joey, did not have a very good game. Let's let's be honest, he didn't. He had that that pass to to Jamar, but I want to go back to a, a call that uh, I thought was egregiously missed, um, and that was the tripping penalty on DJ Reader. And from my view, when I saw it on on the I watched the replay on the Joe Matron, I've watched it on TV here too. It looked like to me he got held and yanked to the ground, and that's why his legs went up and tripped him. And that play. We stopped him on third down. I think they ended up getting a field goal there. Did you did you see that play? And what are your what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I was kind of um, debating it with Paul Daner Jr., who covers the Bengals with me for the Athletic. It it did. It, there were he was held. Mm-hmm. I still think I don't think that he was held to the extent that forced his legs. It should have been offsetting, if you ask me. It should yes. have been a holding. Yeah, we'll take that yes. and a tripping. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it did, and I'm trying to remember because that's when we were talking about it. There was there was a recent game. It might have been the Monday night game the week before the Raiders and Chargers. There was a tripping call that didn't get called, and it was blatant. And mm-hmm. I was really surprised. So I don't know. You know, every year they have these rules of emphasis where they start calling like the taunting, right? Um, Which is a, I, that 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 one's driving me nuts. That's silly. Yeah, <laughs> it does seem like they have kind of toned yes. that down. I've seen. Right several that look like they have been taunting and they just they're, they're doing a good job now of jumping in and saying hey you do that again it's going to be taunting where right the first right. few weeks there was no warning they were just flagging yeah, just, guys right but you almost wonder if like tripping's the other way where it's like okay we're not going to call this unless it's egregious and and i heard somebody say and i meant to look this up and i i don't know if it's true i don't think it's true they said they didn't think you could you were there was no penalty for tripping if it's a ball carrier in the box and I don't think I don't think that's true, but I don't know um, that 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 was the case. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that, that was that's the play. What, that's, yeah. that's who he got his leg on. But who else would you trip if it's not a ball right. carrier? So, yeah, yeah. I, but it, it, it did. It looked I can't remember which defender or um, which offensive lineman it was, but he definitely didn't just hold DJ Reader. He yanked him, him and yeah. turned him to the ground. Yeah, it, it was a definite hold, and I agree that we could at least had offsetting. At least, yeah, it shouldn't have just been. Oh, first down tripping, you know, on the, on the Bengals. I mean, it should have at least been offsetting. And to me, that's why I go back to every every game you can go back and yeah. you can see, well, what if this happened? What if that happened? It's football. It's going to be – I mean, even – we're going to do that in the Detroit game here th- this Sunday. But one thing I want to get to that – I know you're the stats guy there on the uh, uh, here in the podcast, Prowling. Now you got uh, the coin flips. Now, I thought we won six in a row. I heard you say the other day, we, I think we won 11 in a row. Is that is that correct? Yeah, well, it's eleven now. It's or is it? I'm I'm losing track. Um, yeah, <laughs> we it's won, eleven. We won the uh, got, overtime got, one too. They got both because they got the pregame and the um, the overtime. Let's see. They 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 won the final three last year, and then there's been okay. There's it's ten. The final it's three 10. last year, five games this year, and then two overtimes this year. So it's at ten. Um, so that's the odds of that are one in 1,012. And if, if, if they get the next one, then it goes up right. to one in 2,024. Yeah. It doubles every time. 
Um, I was able to look up the record is 14 and the Lions hold the record. So the Lions will be trying to to hold on to their own record by winning the coin toss. But the Bengals, when the Bengals are on the road, they call it. And they've won mm-hmm. seven, seven of the last eight when they call it. So that, right. that streak even goes beyond this current 10. That's awesome. To, to me, to me, I, I was freaking out when we won it in overtime. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, are, the Bengals' luck is changing. I'm like, we're, I said, we're going to win this game. I'm like, oh, my God, we didn't. I'm like, ah. <laughs> Anyway, um, I see. I gotta get this up here. Hey, Crypt Keeper always always likes to put these comments up here. Darren Simmons, come come on down. You're the next coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I, I'm nowhere close to where we need to change coaches. I mean, I, I know that's always the uh, the narrative, and I gotta give it to Crypt. He's been saying this for the last two or three years on my show that he thinks Darren Simmons should be the head coach. I, I'm I, I'm not against Zach as the head coach. I think. Yes, I think there's things he should do differently. I, I, you can look at that with every coach. Um, but to me, I'm always worried about if you change coaches. And people put this out like, oh, the Chargers changed coaches and you know they're taking off now. But it doesn't always work like that, you know? You got guys on this team that believe in Zach Taylor. You can hear what they're saying. They have a good relationship. I'm not ready to give up on Zach yet. Now, if it all falls flat in the second half, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. But – What's your thoughts on on the job that Zach Taylor is doing so far this year? I mean, he's making progress. It's I, I know people are. I think more people want him to give up the the play calling duties more so than uh, there is the fire Zach crowd out there. But the thing is, nobody on this staff has more play calling experience at this point than Zach does. Brian that, Callahan's yes. never done it. Thank no, you. Nobody that, else has ever done it. That's exactly what I was saying. Me and Bengals captain on her Monday. That's exactly what I was saying. Cause, and I'm not trying to throw Tony Pike under the bus, but he's, he's been on his radio show calling for Brian Callahan. Let him call the plays. I'm like, why? I was like, Brian, I, as far as I know, I don't think Brian, I don't know if Brian goes, or I mean, Brian Callahan has ever called plays before. And I'm sure he hasn't been as much as Zach. So I'm like, why do you think he would be better at it? You know, you have to give me a reason other than you don't like what Zach's doing. It, it, it's kind of like to me, when Andy Dalton was the Bengals quarterback, everybody kept saying, well, we got to get a better quarterback. I said, okay, who, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, who are you going to get? We're, we're finishing, you know, in the playoffs every year and we're not drafting low enough to get a good quarterback. So right now you have Zach calling the plays. Yes. We all don't like exactly the way he's calling them, but who else you going to get the call? I, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, and I mean, it's almost like they're the same people. They are so in sync and so on the same page that if you did put Brian in there, I don't know if you would see much of a change. I, I did a story at the Senior Bowl a couple of years ago where I just talked about their their philosophy on play calling, and I found out that the night before a game, if they're on the road, they do it at the hotel. If if they're at home, they they I think do the same thing because they they go to a hotel the night before home game, and they'll. They'll pull out a game book from another NFL game that played out the way they think their game is going to play out. And then they'll just go through the the play sheet and they're like, okay, it's uh first and 10 at the 30. What would we call here? And they, they, it's like fantasy football for coaches. They kind of, <laughs> they play, they pick what they would play in certain situations. Okay. It's, it's third and two at the plus 40 here with a minute to go. What would we call? And they, they, so if they get in this similar situation, They've already kind of run through it, and um, they do. They think so much alike, and I, I don't know that you would see a big difference if if it just got turned over to Brian. Yeah, and, and honestly, you 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 want your – especially when they have it set up, you want your offensive coordinator and your head coach 
to be, yeah. you know, like this. I mean, you want them. That that's makes a cohesive unit as far as that goes. And, and and the thing is too, I like it. And I and Joe Burrow has said this, and, and uh, Jamar has said this that they have the 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 uh, the, the freeness to to hey. This is what this guy's doing to me. Why don't we try this? And Zach and and Brian are open to that. So I mean, mm-hmm. there are options, and it's it's all it's all working. They all are working together to get better. It just, I, I just, I, I don't like the knee jerk reaction. I'm like, we're three and two. I'm like, yeah. I like I said, for me, we're right where I thought we'd be. So I'm I'm pretty happy with with the way things are going here. I want to get to some of. I had a comment in here. Oh yeah, here it is. Chris, and this one that people say too, Chris says, I'd be all for Joe Brady, but I like Taylor. Now, the thing is, I don't see Joe Brady leaving the Carolina uh, Panthers to be the offense coordinator from them to leave them to come to the Bengals coordinator. coordinator. I think if he goes anywhere, his next stop is the head coach. That's where I, I think he's at. Las Vegas Raiders. There he go. I mean, he's got to yeah. be, he's got to be on the short list. If, 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 I mean, Yes, that guy's next job is going to be a head coach somewhere. Um, there, you, you don't see it hardly ever, lateral moves. Not just Joe Brady, but any offensive coordinator rarely leaves one job for, for the same job. If Once right. you get to that coordinator position, the next step up is a head coach somewhere. Exactly, exactly. Now, a lot of people talk about the empties, and uh, Tommy and they're saying, I can't stand the empty backfield. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with Joe. Joe likes empty i mean mm-hmm. they did that a lot at lsu and this year they have done less of it i mean actually i did you have some uh percentages on on how many times that joe has been under center this year compared to the to, to last year yeah paul had that and i can't remember it off the top of my head but they are among the the leaders in the league in running out of the empty set for sure yeah so that's where everybody keeps going i don't like empty we, we don't do it as much as you think we, we do you know it's they are are playing from under center more and they're changing it up and it's just, I don't know. It, it's just annoying <laughs> when people bring this stuff up. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Zach has a good point. It, just because you're in empty doesn't mean you still can't have that guy in the slot chip chip somebody. Or, but it it, it it's putting Joe at risk. But you you're trusting Joe to make the right call and quick. And if if anybody can can beat that that look where mm-hmm. you're just totally exposed like that it's him he can he can see right off the bat which guy's going to be open and if the first guy's not open he knows exactly where he's going on the second one it'd be interesting to see go back and see mm-hmm. um how many of the sacks he's taken have been out of empty because I, I don't think it's that many he he's he's taken some hits there yeah but he's i mean that's he's he's had a lot of success out of empty too right uh, the seed the play to cj uzama that won the jacksonville game at the top right. of that list e- exactly now that's another another thing people brought up is uh why didn't we use cj uzama and the green bay packers game i don't understand that one drew sample is not the one and the thing is they actually did use cj i mean everybody remembers drew getting the pass and he dropped it mm-hmm. and everybody thinks that drew played more than than CJ did. That's that's not true. CJ played played a lot. They just didn't get the ball to him. Yeah, and it's just it's it's the who the hot read is. I mean, the you look at some of that the the big plays that CJ had in that Jacksonville game, the one the second touchdown was just a total broken play and that's Joe getting to his fourth read, fifth read and and finding the guy who's open. I he CJ's never going to be a primary target in this offense, but he's he is out there more than Drew, and I, it was surprising that they, they he threw a couple because they the one Drew dropped, and then they threw another one to him where mm-hmm. 
man, Drew, Drew just doesn't have much speed. He can't do much with the ball once it's in his hands. And he's usually more sure-handed than the dropped one, but but CJ is a much bigger weapon. But it's just it's it's that old age old adage of take what the defense gives you. And mm-hmm. Joe's never gonna look at CJ first. But if he gets right. through his progressions and CJ's there, he he won't hesitate yeah. to throw it. Well, to th- this offense is not set up for that. I mean, if you're no. tight end, you're you're on your fourth or fifth read to, to get to, to the tight end. Now, I do have a question that I that I've I'm a huge Thaddeus Moss fan. I wanted them to draft him originally. I was very happy when they they signed him. Do you think the uh, in Drew Sample's performances here? Because let, let's be honest, he hasn't done that well this year. He's kind of, I think, he's taking a step backwards. Do you think there's a chance that they they could bring Thaddeus up this year and and give him a, a shot? I know he's not any faster, maybe a little faster than Drew, but not much. But he, I think, he might be short, more short-handed. What, what are your th- thoughts on Thaddeus? Well, he's definitely more short-handed than Drew, but Drew's up there because he can block. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the whole reason they drafted right. him in the second round, the whole best blocking tight end in the draft thing that that they get hammered for that quote when they drafted him, but he is, I mean, they they want to run the ball. Yes. And they want to run that wide zone and and he's he's in there for that purpose, but you you kind of you kind of tip your hand. I mean, if if Drew's in there, they know the run's coming. They they very rarely put both Drew and CJ on the field at the same time. And I just, there's something there as great of a season as Thaddeus Moss had. I mean, he didn't get drafted. Mm-hmm. He he lasted one injury season with Washington. He comes here and he's only on the practice squad. There's, there's something there. And, and maybe it's special teams. If you're going to be a second string tight end, you have to contribute on special teams. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just couldn't get up to speed there, but right. yeah, he's, he's got terrific hands. He's a playmaker, but I just don't think he's the total package yeah. that he needs to be, to be on the 53 man roster as a tight end. Yeah, exactly. Those are exact same things I've heard he can catch. It's just everything else, the blocking. And if you're going to be a second or third string uh, player, you got to be able to play special teams. And, and if, as far as I know, he hasn't been that good at that. Um, let's see here. Uh, John Wick. Let's see. The bigger issue is the play of our center and our right guard. They are not good enough. Now, uh, to me, Trey Hopkins is still coming back. Obviously still coming back from his, his uh, knee injury and right guard. Everybody was fairly happy with the way that Jackson Carmen has played. Now, Jackson Carmen, as far as I know, is not going to play this week because he's on the COVID reserve list. So we're going to have Deontay Smith there. I guess my question is, if Deontay Smith plays better than Jackson Carmen, do you think he takes his job? Uh, I don't. I I mean they they number one they took Jackson in the second round, so that'd be a bad look if you if you turn it over to a fourth rounder. I a couple things there. They Jackson has outplayed him. I mean they kind of sent Jackson a message early by mm-hmm. dropping him to third string, but he has outplayed Deontay in 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 practice and that's the reason he's up there now second string now starter and i wouldn't rule him out from playing the the covid list there's a lot of that goes into that and if he's vaccinated which by all accounts he is i've right. never seen him wear a practice a mask at practice i haven't, seen, the side I haven't line, seen any of the bengals wear masks which is <laughs> there there's some that have that during practice but mm. um if, if he can pass, if, he, if he's asymptomatic and he gets two negative tests within a 24-hour period, I mean, they put him on Monday, so he could have had a negative test today. He could have a negative test tomorrow, and he could feasibly be back on the practice field tomorrow for the first yeah. practice of the week. So I, I wouldn't rule him out yet. Um, it is COVID is always so dicey, yeah. and right. you, you never know. 
Um, but that that is the plan is Deontay Smith if Jackson can't go. But this it's not going to be a long term thing with Jackson, and I yeah. and I just can't see. Deontay playing well enough that he could Wally Pip Jackson Carr. <laughs> Wally Pip. <laughs> exactly. Some of the young guys probably don't know who Wally Pip is. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> We're dating ourselves, Jay. <laughs> and he, and he, he would be, he wouldn't be Wally Pipping him. He would be Lou Gehriging him. Right, right. That's yes, what it exactly. Was. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's more the way. Um, but I mean, to be honest, I think Jackson Carmen has gotten better. Yes. This game against Packers probably mm. was his worst game, but I, overall, I, you know, I think he's gotten better and I, I'm there's by no means am I, am I ready to give up, up on him at all. I mean, because we, they draft him in, in the second round to be the guard for us. And I, I think it's, I think it's going to work out. I really do. I think he, he just had a bad game. It's just, it, they're young players. That's what's going to happen. Now, Keith says, this is everybody wants to get rid of uh, Trey Wayne. So he said, we need to cut ties with Trey Wayne to find a better replacement for him. Let's be honest. What he's, has he done for us other than being injury prone? Well, again, okay. For me, if you cut him, you're not going to pick up somebody off the street that's probably better than Trey Wayne's healthy. Now, mm-hmm. my opinion, Trey Wayne is most likely this is probably his last year with the Bengals. I can't see them keeping his his, his contract moving forward. I think he's got what two more years on his contract. He's just no he's one play. more, one more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that, that's the thing. It's like people want to hurry up and cut these guys. Let's go get somebody else. Like who? <laughs> you know who you going to get? Yeah, and it's I mean. Does anybody remember Tyler Eifert? He was injury prone and they <laughs> yeah. stick with him. I mean, right. if they True. see something in a guy, he, he, Trey Wayne's never had this injury issue when he was in Minnesota. It's just kind of the fluke with the peck, um, you know, working out or not working out for so long and then jumping into it after the, during the pandemic. And now with the hamstring, those the hamstrings just go this way. Yeah. They are, mm-hmm. they are hard to predict they are hard to heal from maybe they brought him back too soon um you, and it was I the mean, last play of the game the last freaking play yeah like, and I, oh. I i think it might have been bothering him a little bit before that because it was odd that he only played 67 percent of the snap so i don't know if if he told them it was you know a little tender or if that was just the plan that they were going to only play him two-thirds of the snaps and play eli apple more but yeah it's He's on IR, so he's going to miss the three next three for sure. So he'll be back at the earliest for Week Nine against Cleveland. But I, I can't see him parting ways with them unless it's play based. If if he's right. if he's hurt this year, you know I, I think they're still going to try to get their money with it out right. of him and, and save face and and honor that last year of the contract. What if they get lucky and they're able to draft Sauce Gardner out of out of uh, Cincinnati? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's possible because if I remember, Mike Hilton's on a one-year deal. No, maybe I, I can't remember off the top of my head what Awuzie and Hilton signed, but you know, obviously there's something where with Darius Phillips that they don't love, and Eli Apple hasn't been the answer. I mean, cornerback's going to be near the top of their list yeah. next well, year. Well, they definitely have to resign a uh, Cheetah Bay. I mean, he's he's been yeah uh, really good. I mean, I, I would love it if. Next year, cornerbacks are Cheeto and and Sauce or or um um all crud. What's the kid out of uh DJ Stringer? <laughs> we get either one of those two. Yeah. They have 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 those two along with uh, uh Cheeto next year. I think our 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 cornerbacks will be. I, I don't want to say fixed because I hate saying fixed because then you know you're kind of almost jinx them. But it'll be a lot better. I'll say I'll put it that way. Yeah, and Mike Hilton's terrific. I mean, oh, he, Mike is, Hil- he yes. has really been good this year. Yeah, and, and I, I like. He's also great in the in the locker room. I think too. I've heard a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of good stuff about you know, especially going into the Squealers game. You know, the 
the, the, the pregame speech and all that yeah. stuff. I really like what he said there. All right, Jeff Holmes says, a lot of Bengals fans need to understand this is a young team, and this season is going to be full of growing pain, pains. Patience, Bengals fans. And I, that's kind of <laughs> what, I, what I've been preaching. I'm like, yes, I, I do think we have a shot at the playoffs. I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to, but I think we have a shot. And I think it's a legit shot. Now, <laughs> once we get past the Lions next week, which we can't look past them, we got the Ravens, and I'll tell you what, Lamar Jackson is scaring the crap out of me. That Because the one thing I kept saying uh, before the season started, I said the way to beat the Ravens is you got to stop the run and you make Jamar throw it. Well, Jamar could throw it, <laughs> and he's pretty yeah. pretty damn accurate. So uh, that game is is scaring me. The the, the Browns, or excuse me, the Clowns, their defense <laughs> is really good. So, I mean, those two games, those two teams are better than I thought they would be now. I still think beating the clowns, you you I would rather uh have Baker try to throw the ball and and take your chances. The Rappers, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not sure what the game plan is for them right now. Well, and you got the Jets in there too. So you know, you got these three great these three straight road games against Lions, Ravens, and Jets. You you have to figure you have to hope for two uh, two and one at the worst. And right. Maybe they go to Baltimore and steal one, or maybe they lay an egg against one of these bad teams and end up surprising Baltimore, and it still is two and one. I was shocked last night. I didn't think Indianapolis had a chance. To oh, they they win the game, and they yeah. own. I mean, it's twenty-two to three, and then they just—I mean, they had a lot of injuries in the secondary and on the defense overall, and they started doing the play not to lose thing and you lose when you do that they got super yeah. conservative with their play calling running the ball to let their kicker try it when their kicker has a hip injury on his right kicking side it was just it was a recipe for disaster and <laughs> yeah i i lamar jackson is just something else he is so fun to watch mm -hmm. and if you're a bengals fan yeah i'm sure it's fun is not the word it's probably no, I, I hate it but, I, but yeah but i respect it and i'm like dude you're I think somebody said it on on the broadcast last night that you know he could be the best player in football right now, and I, the oh, way he's, he's playing, yeah. There's I don't I don't know what you do because I mean well, the first play of the game. I'm not trying to talk about the rapper here, but hold on. But the first I think the first run he had, I, he just did a little juke and he was gone. The guy went whoop, right past him. I'm like, how in the hell? <laughs> like not, the thing is he's. He, he the way he moves and runs around like he can change his mind in the middle of a play like I'm going to take off and run and then someone squirts free and he can stop and throw mm -hmm. it and I mean how yeah. many yes his pass his completion percentage was ridiculous last night but how uh -huh. many times was Hollywood Brown it looked like a college game at times where he's just running we? free through the secondary yeah. it's like I think I can make that throw it was <laughs> yeah and then Mark Andrews uh, how they how they don't cover him down on the goal line it's just it was I. I I give the Ravens credit for winning that game, but that was more of the Colts losing it. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Colts, yeah, I, yeah, I, I thought for sure. Well, I didn't get to watch the whole game. I got to be at work too early, so I watched about mm -hmm. the first half, and I got to see all the highlights uh, later on today. But yeah, the Col Colts. I'm not gonna say they gave that game away, but the, 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 it was more of the Ravens took it from. But still, the, the Colts should have won. It was. I was hoping they would win, obviously, and if they win, we're still tied for first place. But I mean, we're still what we're only what a game out now. They're the Ravens are what four and four and two, and we're three and two. If I'm right there, 
the Ravens are four and one. The Bengals are three and two. And then the the, the the I mean the tiebreaker. Well, the the, the obvious tiebreaker. The first one is division, and the Bengals are one and zero. Oh, nobody else right. has a division win yet. And the Bengals because this will be the fourth of six games against the NFC. The Bengals don't have an AFC loss yet. So when you see those, if the playoffs started today, kind of things, they're all, they're always going to be up there because they've got a lot of tiebreaker advantages right now because they they haven't lost to an AFC team. Right now, I know I was watching uh James Rapine, he did uh his his live uh YouTube show earlier today and uh had some comments uh, in there and I thought it was kind of kind of interesting. People were asking about Darius Hodges and he hasn't gotten really any playing time at all. He was you know the star or whatever the 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 the, the gem of of preseason here. Do you see him getting any uh playing time or, or anything moving forward here to try to kind of change it up at all? No, I mean he was inactive Sunday against Green Bay, that means. Wyatt Ray has passed him on the depth chart. Wyatt Ray has been playing a handful of snaps every game, and the the fact that they made Darius Hodge inactive over or instead of Wyatt Ray that's that kind of shows you where that pecking order is right now. So yeah, if there's an injury, then right. then maybe he he moves up and starts getting some more snaps. But um, it's it, even when he was making those plays in preseason, the coaches were like, well, you know. He came unblocked. He should make that tackle. He should make that sack. They were really kind of hesitant to give him the credit. So they like him. But I, I just think everybody kind of saw the the sacks and got super excited. And it, it wasn't him beating guys. It was the other team forgetting to block him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of a key thing in, in, in football. You got you to make sure you block the guy in front of you. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's 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 move, into, to, uh, move on to Detroit here. Now they're an 0 5 team, and I I do think that the Bengals have a chance to go in and blow them out. I think we're the better team. We're more talented. Will they? The way they've been playing, most likely not. It's probably going to be a close game, and and I think it has a lot to do with the fight that you know Detroit has in them. I you know I think they are a team that believes in their coach. Their coach believes in them. You know, so and they're they're a desperate team, and those are kind of scary sometimes. I mean, there's been a lot of times in my lifetime the Bengals have been 0 5, and we've been a desperate team, and we pulled. A win out. What are the keys you think to to going into this game? Because you don't want to look past it again, because you got the Ravens right after that next week. So the Bengals got to concentrate on Detroit. What are the keys? What do you what do you think uh, defensively, offensively, something like that they have to do to get the win there? Yeah, to be honest, I haven't like really broken down Detroit that much. I mean, I know who their big players are and that kind of thing. I, I think the key is just to go in there and and put that Green Bay loss behind them and and go in there and play Detroit like they're five and zero and not zero and five. It's sometimes it's you know it's just human nature to to look past them, look yeah. past them, or yeah. take them lightly. Yeah, and especially with that you, you mentioned it, that huge game against Baltimore the following week. I don't think Zach's going to let them look ahead like that. This team hasn't typically done that just because usually that's what winning teams do: look past people. And their their record's been so bad the last two years; they it's, it would be foolish to look past anybody. But yeah, just go up there and and play the way they know they're capable of playing. That's not a great offense. This Bengals defense has really been impressive. Even giving up 206 to Devontae Adams and 466 overall. Yeah. It you held Green Bay to field goals when they right. got in yeah. the red zone. That's how well, you beat the, great. The interception teams. in overtime. I mean, they, yeah. they they stopped him. That was or held well, him to a field goal. And he he stopped. He, he missed the, that was an easy yeah. field goal. Yeah, yeah they, but, they held him to a field goal, but still they, they didn't let him score a touchdown. They held they him moved to him backwards. A field goal. If yeah, I remember so, right, there was a sack after that. Even yes. where it made it a harder field goal. Right. So yeah, they had they come up with big plays. They almost they almost kind of relish that the the you know their backs against the wall and you, you gotta 
I mean, they're thinking hold them to no points, but realistically, you, you know, you got to hold them to three once they get in the red zone. And they've been able to do that a lot. It's been really impressive. And again, it's a it's a totally different animal that 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 Detroit offense as opposed to Aaron Rodgers and, and that Green Bay offense. Um, I, I think it's 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 going to look a lot like these first five games. I mean, I Bengals score so 24 points every week. It seems like yeah. I could see it again being 24, 16, 24, 17, something along those lines. Yeah, I, I could see it too. I just don't, I just, th- this is going to be the year I think of every game is close, which I mean, if you look at Zach Taylor's history with the Bengals, they've been in a lot of close games. I mean, a lot of close games, even when we were awful, you know, we lost, I don't know how many games by, by one score in Zach Taylor's tenure, but, but the difference is this year we're winning more of those than, than, than losing them. And that, that's, that's the good thing. I, I like the preface for Bengals fans moving forward. Yeah, they're they're two eight and one in games decided by three points or less in, in Zach's tenure, but they were they had never won one until this year. They've got two two wins this year, and they got two losses. The Bears' right. loss was by three. The Green Bay loss was by three. So yeah, he, he's already got four games this year decided by three points or less. Exactly. So I I think the uh, Lions game probably probably will be the same way, but I do want to bring up the the surprise. For me, and it's been a huge surprise for me, is the defense and the way Lou Anarumo has got this defense playing. And people want to know, like, well, what's the difference? You know, is it, it's a, is it a different scheme? Is it this, this or that? I said, no. I'm like, it's the same scheme. He's calling the same plays. My personal opinion is he has the right guys there who have bought into his system, and and it's working. I mean, what what, what are the differences you've seen in the defense from this year and, and the last two years? It's the D-line. I mean – you know, last year, you look at that Indianapolis game, I think all four starters weren't even on the roster when the season began. It's like Margus Hunt and Christian Covington and Khalil McKenzie and Mike Daniels. It was, right. they were just, you know, it was just a duct tape job. And now you've got real guys on that defensive line putting pressure on the quarterback. You've got a, a better secondary. Awuzie, you mentioned, he's been terrific. Mike mm-hmm. Hilton's been terrific. We know what Jesse Bates and Von Bell are, and Logan Wilson's taken this huge step forward. So it is, it's it's having real guys on that defensive line. It's having depth on that defensive line. It's it's having depth everywhere. Where, you know, in the past, you Lou was really kind of handcuffed. He's like, Well, I've got to play this guy here, I gotta play this guy there. Now he's moving them all around. In the opener, we see him play three safeties a lot. They're moving right. Jesse Bates down in the box. Um, they're they're moving Von Bell around They're, They have been doing a lot of this five man defensive line where they put three defensive tackles in and then they stand up Trey Hendrickson and, and mm-hmm. um, Sam Hubbard on the edges and, and Hendrickson's been great getting pressure. Absolutely. Um, so it's just, it's, it, it's just the better guys. I mean, plain mm-hmm. and simple. It's, yeah. it, it, it's ta- give, talent makes a coach better. I mean, yes. It, and it's, it, and it's given yeah. him, it's, it's not just making it better, but it's given him more freedom too, to mm-hmm. be more aggressive. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mike Hilton with his reputation of being the great blitzer. And we saw it a couple of times in that green Bay game where the green Bay threw wide receiver screens, where if that wide receiver makes that first block, that play is going to go big. And I think Mike Hilton did it once and a woozy did it once where they got off the block and just torpedoed right. the receiver for a loss or a no gain, just really impressive plays. You, you need that. You need guys that can make plays. They still haven't really, taking that step as far as turnovers. They've got a few Logan Wilson right. with his three interceptions. Wuzier got his first, but you know, once, once, once the sacks and the turnovers start coming in bunches, then I think we're really going to see this defense show what they're capable of. Right. Exactly. And, and, and one play that, that always sticks out for me and it was against the, uh, the squealers and it was Sam Hubbard. And I, I remember, I just, I 
just watched it on watched it live. And Sam, he was on the edge, and then he dropped back behind the line. And Ben snapped the ball, and it was a delayed blitz. And that was the one where he hit Ben in the elbow. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a great, that's a great, great play call. Those are the things that he was trying to get uh, other guys to do that weren't willing to do, and they had no answer for that because they didn't. They, he came back, and they didn't know if he was if he was going to, you know, blitz or he was dropping back. They weren't sure, so he had a free shot at at Ben. So those are the things that I'm liking about what Lou has been able to, been able to call up this year compared to what he was able to do the last couple of years. I, I I really do, and yes, the front four has been unbelievable. I I thought we'd be really good at stopping the run. I did not expect DJ Reader and and Larry Ogunjobi and these guys to get as much pressure up the mm-hmm. middle as they are. That that has been a big surprise for me. And Trey Hendrickson, I think, has been I won't say a better fit, but he's been a, a really good fit. I'll say for the for this team. Yeah, Ogunjobi Ogunjobi's been the difference maker. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just terrific. And and really, Cam Sample's kind of an underrated guy there. You yep. know, he was the 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 second one after Joseph Osai, but what he's been able to do and giving them quality snaps and then BJ Hill, you know, he trade Billy price for BJ Hill. We stole him. We stole him. That was a great trade by, by Duke right there. So, and, and, and then, you know, we saw it, that that play you're talking about, if I remember right, that was one of Logan's interceptions because he, he hit Ben Risey through and the ball kind of fluttered and Logan dove and caught it. And then, we saw the play against Green Bay where they brought Von Bell on a blitz mm-hmm. and he get he hits gets to Aaron Jones in the backfield and he misses him. Yeah. That would have been a huge play had uh-huh. he if he had just made it. But right. then he misses him in the backfield and he tackles him 57 yards down the field. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know how many players do that. That right. and it, that, it never should have come to that point because no, a bunch but, of other guys miss tackles, but that but showed that, that, something. That, Yes, that showed the the heart and the willingness. Yeah, I screwed up. I missed him, but I'm gonna haul my ass down the field mm-hmm. and go get him. And and yeah, it should have happened in the backfield. But he could have just laid there and sulked and pissed off that he didn't get it. And but he didn't. He took off after him and and got him. Granted, it was 57 yards later. But that's those are the things that I, that, that I like. You know, that means they're they're bought in. You know, it's, it's just there's a lot yeah. of good stuff that I like what's going on with with the Bengals and it, we're we're heading in the right direction is, is kind of where where I'm at. Where are we where uh I want us to be? Are we at a Super Bowl level? No. But we are I think right now on the verge like playoffs, you know, I think November, December we're gonna be playing meaningful games. I'll put it that way. Even if they go one and two over the next three, they're they're four and four at the break. And how many Bengal fans would have been pissed off about right. four and four. If, right. if you had told him that, you'd be like, oh, four and four, that's that's pretty good. And yeah. yes, the schedule gets harder in the second half of the season. But yeah, I, I and I don't think that'll be the case. I think they'll be five and three when they get to the midpoint. And then you got Cleveland coming in and, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? You you, you beat them and yeah, you, you know, get the I mean, bye week and then you go play a bad or a struggling Raiders team. Right. You just never know. You never know. And the thing is, yeah, yes, I'm uh, the the rappers and the and the clowns scare me, but we just played the Green Bay Packers who were in the NFC Championship game last year. That's basically the same team they had last year. Yeah, there's different players here and there, but it's basically the same team. Yeah, we went toe for toe with them. No matter what you guys think of the play calling or anything like that, to me that bodes well for the future of the team and the games coming up. That the moments aren't too big for these guys. You know, they're not scared. You know, we we can play with. They have confidence that they can go in. And and win every game, and that's 
that's the beginning of a championship mentality. You go in there believing you're going to win and, and you play like it. And that's where the Bengals are at right now. Yeah. And so many times when, when people say, well, we could have won that game, it's like they play from behind the entire time. And I mean, this, you, they never really, it's like, well, if we would have made it play here or there, then we could have won. But this was like legitimate Bengals have right. the ball with a chance to win. Twice. They, they, yes. And they Twice. led in that game. Right. Uh, right. I mean, it was, it, it was there for them. And I, I do think that they should not take a moral victory from it, but they should take momentum I'll, from I'll it. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take the yeah. moral victory. They, they, they should be mad that they lost, but, but. If you're interested, Jay, I did a video uh, blog of, of my reactions during the game. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. You should you should check it out if you, if you get a chance. If anybody watching has not got the chance, check out my video blog from from last weekend's game. Go check it out. It's it's it. Uh, you can see the emotions of me. I'm going up and down and like hey, when Green Bay uh, misses the first field goal. I'm like, oh, I missed it. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's it's kind of cool. Anyway, Jay, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, sure. Uh, Tell me, uh, tell about your the athletic. Tell about your podcast, and, and get Deander back on the show with me. He won't answer me now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's big. He's big time. He's big yeah. time with me. I know. What's up with that? <laughs> uh, the, the podcast is here. That podcast growling. We have episodes on Tuesday, Thursday, and then we have a walkout. We record a instant reaction to whatever the game is on that Sunday, uh, or you can just read what we have up on theathletic.com. Uh, we still have a fifty percent off. It's a big ask, I know, to ask people to to pay for content, but we we work really hard to try to make it worth it. And this fifty percent off deal is it's a heck of a deal. Just click on any one of our stories; there'll be a link in there to sign up, and uh, we promise you won't regret it. I, I just want to give you a shout out. I know it's an old article, but the one you did last week on the Packer or the Bengals fan jumping out of the stand and stealing yes. the ball from the Packers. That was awesome. I, mean, yeah, I, I, I like what you said in the podcast. You got a whole guy. Do you want the, do you want the, the, how do you say it? The, the little story or the whole story or however he said it to you. I don't remember what he said to you. Yeah. He said, he said, do you want a couple sound bites or do you want to know the whole story of how yes. this impacted my life? I said, yeah, <laughs> I want to know it all. Right. Exactly. Because <laughs> everybody to this day still talks about that guy because yeah. honestly, he changed the game and, and, and the, the whole momentum and everything changed after he stole the ball for Brent Favre in that game. But anyway, Jay, as always, I appreciate you coming on. We'll have to do this again sometime and good day. All right. Thanks for having me. Take it easy. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Doggy, you're in the house. What's up, brother? Yes. University of Cincinnati Bearcats are number three in the country. I love it. I love it. Now, Doggy, I got a question for you since you're, hopefully you're still in the chat. And, um, you're an SEC fan, and I had a coworker. I tweeted this out Saturday. I had a coworker tell me that any team in the SEC would smoke the Bearcats. Any team that includes Vanderbilt, doggy. I, I love, I love you. I'm glad you you watch the show. Personally, I, I I'm not saying we'd win. Listen to what I'm saying. I think we'd give Georgia a game. I think we'd be in it because of our defense. Our defense, we have legit NFL players. Am I saying we're going to win? No, I'm not saying we're going to win. I don't know if we're going to win or not. I think we'd be in it. I think we can give them a run from it because of that defense. Just saying. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Look, I told him that. I said that. I said, did you see the Georgia game last year? He goes, he goes yeah. He goes, well, didn't have everybody playing. He goes, and they're even better now. I said, so are we. <laughs> like, well, I mean, we had everybody playing, but our, our players are better. I mean, again, not saying that we would beat Georgia. I don't know. I will. I want to find out. The thing that 
concerns me is we have to go and blow everybody out. We have to destroy everybody because our conference is, is so bad. My issue with that is, is the SEC has a gauntlet, and you guys do. It, you, it's a hard game every single week. You're going to be more battle-tested, I think, than, than the Bearcats potentially could be. I'm not saying you're going to be. You potentially could be because of that gauntlet. But talent-wise, yes. I think Georgia has more talent, more five stars, yes. But our starters versus your starters, I think it's going to be fun. So we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see what you say here. He said, UJ still has seven stars out. Uh, yep. And yes, UC and Georgia would be in the same as the Peach Bowl. I, I, I think it'd be fun. I, I, I would love to see it. And you say, yeah, I appreciate it, bro. You say UC is one of the best four teams in, in college football. I appreciate that. Th- thanks for, for, for saying that. And I, I'm actually surprised they moved us up to three. I'll be honest. I'm shocked. I thought Oklahoma would have jumped us. I'm not surprised Alabama didn't fall out of the top four, which, in my opinion, they should have. Um, you lose to a two-loss unranked team, you should, you should have not be in the top four. Like it, it, That's a bad loss. Now, for us, if we lose any – we cannot lose any game. And we have to – and that's the thing. That's the pressure that's on the Bearcats that it almost – is the same as almost as a, a good comparison to playing the SEC. No, the opponents aren't as good, but the pressure is because the Bearcats seriously have to blow everybody out. We have to leave no doubt in the college football playoff committee that the Bearcats deserve it. And to go out and blow everybody out, I don't care what conference you're in. It's hard. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, Crip. Yes, we need to win by 20 points. Yeah, we need to do exactly what we did versus Temple. I mean, we just, like I said, we got to blow them out. Uh, Doggy, UC did what elite teams did by blowing out Temple. Yes. And so that's what we have to keep doing. I mean, that's what I I hate that about college football, but that's what we have to do. So hopefully that'll happen again this Saturday. I can't wait. It's, and it's Central Florida. They always play us tough. They're a team that's going to be moving into the, the Big 12 as well. So, it is not going to be an easy game. Obviously, I think the Bearcats going. win. I, I think our defense will travel. And, and I think Desmond Ritter is getting better and better and better. If Desmond can ever get to the point where he plays as good in the as good as he plays in the second half, if he can play that that good in the first half to start the game off, we're gonna be dangerous. We're gonna be seriously, seriously dangerous. And this is gonna be so much fun to watch. Jack, what's up? Yes. How are you doing today? Let's go Ravens. Yeah, I know. Hey, Jack, if you're just you're just showing up, dude, you just missed it. I just gave Lamar Jackson a whole bunch of praise. You should rewind it and go watch. I want to get to my Facebook groups that let me live stream, and I appreciate every single one of them. They're Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion, Cincinnati Reds, Rounding Third, Heading for Home, Bearcat Ruckus, Bearcat Country, the Ohio State Bucknuts. The Ice Bar, and then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. If you missed any of the show and you can't sit here and watch me for an hour, check out the podcast. Listen to it in the car. Listen to it at work where you're working out. Cut the grass, which, eh, well, breaking the leaves up. It'll be on Beanpod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, 
pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please do me a favor. Make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. Please leave a comment so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. I would appreciate it. YouTubers, we're at 1,393 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Do me a favor. Watch the show. Grab a friend. Hey, you know who sports strawberry ice is? Oh, you don't? Well, you should check out his show. He's awesome. Get some more subscribers for me. I would love it. My goal is I'm trying to get 2,000 subscribers by the end of the NFL season, which means a Super Bowl, which hopefully will the Bengals be in there. I know it's a long shot, but we'll see. Anyway, other than that, as my boy, Jeremy D likes to say, remember one thing and one thing only, and that is you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati, so act like it. Who day? I know most of you guys are not hockey fans out there, but the NHL starts tonight. It's back on ESPN. My family's doing an NHL draft right now. I'm auto-drafting, so I have to get off the show so I can go draft. (laughs) See you guys tomorrow. Have fun. Go Bengals. And that's just sports, baby. See ya! Bingo bottle, never stop it Till the beast of beast and know Who they rockin' with